On this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast, Gordon Whitmire and I discuss the state of the NL Central, the division-leading Reds, the Cubs, are they either or both going to be buyers, and just a heads up, we will be talking to Orioles manager Brandon Hyde on our next podcast. Welcome in to the Cubs Recap Podcast here on our YouTube channel, as well as available audio only anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm David Kaplan. My partner is Gordon Wittenmeyer, Major League Baseball writer. He covers the Reds and the Central Division and the Cubbies and everything else going on in the game. All right, Gordon, we turn toward the All-Star break. We're not there yet. The Cubs have two more with Milwaukee, three against the Yankees in New York. The Yankees are not what they were without Aaron Judge in the lineup. So from your seat, the Reds are seven in front of the Cubs, shaky starting pitching. The Cubs are seven in arrears, solid starting pitching. Can they run them down? Maybe. Uh, We talked about this on the last podcast, and that pitching is the one reason, right? You just brought it up. The thing is, when we talked last time, They've won two games since, and it took a miracle to to finish it off um, on uh, 4th of July. So they've got so many problems, and and, uh, we we saw that there was that that meeting with some of the veteran team leaders with Rossi. I think it was before that Tuesday game. It was. Um, And uh, so he's searching for things, too, and you saw how pissed off he was after that game, dropping F-bombs left and right, and that was a game they won. He's getting frustrated. He was frustrated with the umpire. I, I I don't think so at this point, just because of what I've seen too often. Every time they get something good going, then they then they take two steps back. And the Reds, the Reds are going to get better for a while. So that's going to be a lot to to track down. But then the Brewers are are in front of them, and the Brewers have good pitching too. So what what I think is. If they can win the last two games against the Brewers, is two games, two games, one game. Two with the Brewers, three with the Yankees. Yeah, and then they, I mean, really this stretch right here, they, they got to win maybe all but one of those games to, to really feel like uh, Jed should buy. And that's really what we're talking about. Because if you don't think you can run them down, then, or, or if you don't feel strongly enough about it, then you've got to be in sell mode coming out of the break because you're it's a it's a seller's market, man. So whatever the Reds do the rest of the way, they're so friggin' young, both on the pitching, the, the best pitchers and their best hitters, that they might have as much as a five-year window to be a threat. Um, that, that doesn't mean they'll win the division any of those years, but they'll be good enough that they're going to be a, a minimum a thorn to the better teams in the division. You know St. Louis isn't going to sit uh, after coming out of uh, this horrible season they've had. They're going to re- reconfigure some things and be ready to go in, in minimum a couple years. And Milwaukee, even if they adjust and trade one of their horses, they've got enough pitching left in that scenario to, again, be competitive playoff spots going forward so you've you've really got to think long and hard if you're the Cubs about what you're going to look like next year 
while at the same time, and I've always been one of these guys, right, that if you've got an opportunity right now, those opportunities don't always come along. So you got to maximize them and you owe it to your fans who's, who are paying all this money. So it's, it's a really fine line uh, for the Cubs. If they stay the course, they do have a lot of underlying metrics that suggest that they, they should be able to chase down everybody in front of them. Um, you can stay the course if you want, but then you better be willing to spend some money in the offseason. Uh, agreed. I would not blow it up again. Uh, during the London trip, Tom Ricketts and Crane Kenny were both asked about it. Both said, we're by. It's time to win again. Yeah, but, but Jed said the other day, I think Tuesday, right? he backtracked off of that. He said, we haven't made a decision yet. We would love to do that, but we have to see where we're at. Yeah, because I think there's something like two and seven since they said they were buyers. Correct. They had they blew out the Cardinals game one. Then they blow a four nothing first inning lead. Stroman comes out with a blister, out lose that game. Then get swept three straight by the Phillies. Drop two of three to the Guardians. Blow a six nothing lead to the Brewers, and then blow a six to eighth inning lead yesterday before the heroics of Ian Happ guns two guys down at the plate. Yeah, yeah. So I looked at I kept saying to you, go get a Raldis Chapman. He's going to get moved. And he did get moved. He, got, he was the first guy. Texas went, we're all in. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to think you're going to start seeing more guys jump the market and start making some moves. There is no reason Jed Hoyer is not in there. And I believe, I don't know this for a fact, I wasn't in there. That meeting yesterday with Cody Bellinger and Dansby Swanson, there were four veteran guys in that. Mancini. Trey Mancini. I think David Ross said, give me a reason that I could tell my bosses we've got to go all in. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, uh, or give me a reason why I should play a couple of you guys. You know, you know, you you guys are my veterans in here. You remember uh, Joe Madden? So Joe Madden comes in the same year Rossi comes in. Mm-hmm. What has Rossi said over the years? He said, you know, he's had all these great managers that have accomplished all these great things, and he says he's learned stuff from every one of them. And he talked about what Joe taught him how to manage people, like how to get the most out of people. Well, what did Joe do? Joe had his uh, what he called him his uh, his bowls. Is that what he called him? His his uh, uh, is basically his alpha dogs in the club. Correct, house. correct. And, and so he and, and Lou had a version of that too. And he would he bring those guys in, and and, and those were the guys that he leaned on, kind of like that. Well, the, these were the guys that were in that meeting with with Rossi. And so, it, it, as much as anything, that had to be. You guys are the guys in there that are going to make this happen. If this season, if this season is going to be anything but but a but circling the drain the rest of the way, it's going to be you guys. You guys got to we got to figure out what's going on, and you guys are on the ground. I've been there. I know what that's like in there. I know what it's like to be one of you guys. Tell me what's going on in there. What can I do? And then you guys pick up the ball from there. So if you look at this team, they've got solid starting pitching, at least the first four. I've been all over Jamison Tyone because he hasn't done the job. 
there's got to be a phantom injury and then get Wisniewski back up and say, kid, take the ball and run with it because you, you have no chance right now when Tyone's going to the post. I also believe they've got to add a bat. How expensive do you think Jamer Candelario would be? He's having He's got the third best OPS in the game among third basemen. One-year deal with Washington. They're going nowhere. Do you think a team like the Blue Jays, 12 in arrears of Tampa, would be willing to move free agent to be Matt Chapman? Man, uh, yeah, I'll take the second one first. thing about the Blue Jays is they are so good. We looked at them going in, man. I watched they them look- last night here. They're a really good team. They Exactly. I mean, on paper, they're friggin' loaded. And, you know, here's a, here's the problem we're looking at when you see teams like that. Philly was a team like that last year. San Diego was a team like that last year. And, and Toronto arguably has more than Philly, at least. And we saw both those teams get off the slow starts and then take off down the stretch. Well, Philly actually lost a few down the stretch and, and, and eventually got in, but took off in the postseason. And that's, that's where teams like that are. There's six spots in each league now. Either the West or, or the East is going to get at least three of them because there's not two coming out of the AL Central. So if you're the Blue Jays, you've got to figure a good week and you're right back in the middle of things. So I'm not sure they they blow it up. Um, I, yeah, I just don't know. And, you know, Jamer Candelario, the thing about Mike Rizzo, the, the GM – in Washington, this guy is a player development background guy. And you look at some of the some of the players he got when he traded Juan Soto last year, um, and and when he's when he's dumped guys in the past. I mean, he really knows the farm systems around baseball, and he wants something of value in high level guys. Exactly. So you're going to have to. It's it's probably going to hurt to get Jamer Candelario. There's going to be a guy you have to include in that deal that you probably don't want to because Mike Rizzo, when it comes to these, these uh, prospects is, is a, is a really shrewd guy. So uh, that's, that's the problem with Jamer Candelario He's eminently available and he's not going to cost as much as a, as a good starting pitcher, but Mike's going to get his price too. So I'm looking at the Cubs schedule. This is where they're at. They've got game three with Milwaukee today. One more day game on Thursday. And then three at New York. Then the All-Star break is here. And then they're ho- it's very, very possible they could make a little bit of a run. Boston in Chicago for three. Washington in Chicago for three. St. Louis in Chicago for four. Day off. At the White Sox for two. At the Cardinals for four. Home against the Reds for four. Man, I the All Star break. Let me let me stop you right there because so there's some tough teams on that that list, and the ones that aren't tough in every single case, they're teams that are going to give the Cubs trouble. Because you you look at the White Sox. The White Sox friggin' suck. They are a train wreck. But they always play the Cubs hard. It's a rivalry. It's an in-city thing. So, you know, they'll probably even line up their pitching if they have a chance to do it. So uh, if they have any pitchers left, they haven't traded them by then, uh, which they should do. 
Uh, but they're going to give the Cubs trouble. The Cardinals are going to give the tr- Cubs trouble. They, they always do, no matter who what either team looks like. And then, and then when you look at the Nationals, let me tell you something about the Nationals. They play their asses off on the road. Um, they've got a way better road record, and they tend to play up against teams that are either the better teams or that are kind of marquee teams. And that's what the Cubs are. And I, I just uh, and you know Davey's got the the background with the with Chicago and the Cubs. And so I suspect you're going to get whatever whatever the Nats have to offer. And they got some good starting pitching, some good young starting pitching. You're going to get the best of them too. So, man, that's not an easy stretch even where the soft spots show up on the schedule. I, I tell you what, man, I thought that Tuesday game, I thought if the Cubs lost that game, they're toast. I thought that's it. You got to make your decision. Right now you're selling. Uh, all the short-term assets are on the block, and they pulled it out. But I, but I do think that in, in unless unless they win four of these five into the break, they're going to be in really lousy position. And and uh, I just I just don't know how confident you can be. And that doesn't mean you have to blow it up, but it might mean a couple precision moves. It might mean you know see what you get. Start shopping Cody Bellinger and one of the pitchers. Yeah, I. Just believe that they may not push all their chips in and go get this year's Juan Soto, but the, I, I'll be very surprised unless, of course, you know they go fall 11, 12 games out, and you think, oh, it's over. Now it's over. If they hang in there and they're somewhere four to seven out, I think they're going to make. If they're more than four, it'll be cosmetic. If they're inside of four with their starting pitching, I think they add on. I think Tom Ricketts wants to add on. I think that's completely reasonable, given how well the starters are going. The fact that you got Kyle Hendricks back now, he was like an addition at the at the you know well, the trade deadline the type of great. And he's throwing the ball great. He's back to vintage Kyle Hendricks. You, you love that. So you not only love that for what that means this season, but obviously he's got that contract option for next season. You love that going forward. Um, so you can start making plans around him too going forward. Um, I will say this. You, you talked about jumping the market. Uh, you know, it was there with a Kansas City guy uh, in, in Chapman, and it was there with, with a team that wanted to pay the price like Texas for a reliever. But talking to Nick Crawl, the GM of Cincinnati, he says there's a lot of high prices out there right now when you go looking for pitching. Now, you know, a lot of shit's a high price to the friggin' Cincinnati Reds. But they've got a lot of player capital. They've got a lot of flexibility uh, to make moves. And he didn't like what he was seeing out there. And he was thinking a lot of teams are in this wait and see with the playoff field expanded and with the pitching side of uh, of of the market kind of a scarcity teams are kind of waiting to see because that price is only going to go up on some of these guys. The other side, this is what's interesting. If the Cubs decide sooner rather than later to sell, here's another, here's another motivation maybe not to make that decision yet. They're going to only help the Reds, not because they would trade with the Reds, but because they would add to, to, to the assets on the market that are, that are available so somebody coming after a Reds target might instead go after Marcus Stroman or whoever they put, whoever the Cubs were to put on the market. And, and then so that, that, that loosens up uh, 
the, the, the buyer's side of things uh, a little bit for a team like the Reds if because they are buyers. Yeah, they should be buyers. They owe it to their fan base to be buyers. No, no question. We're going to find out. I think that this next, you know, four games with you got uh, two, you got five games left going into the break. And then you've got, as I said, three home with Boston, three home with Washington, four home with St. Louis, day off, and then two at White Sox, four at the Cardinals. And then you will have uh, two with the Reds, one with the Reds in the books the day of the trade deadline. We'll know a hell of a lot more what is going to happen with this team. If you're making a prediction before I let you go, your prediction, the Cubs add on, the Reds add on, who makes the bigger addition? If they're both adding? Both adding. Cubs have a lot more money. I think my read on the front offices are that the Cubs would be more aggressive once they decide to buy than the Reds, but the Reds have far more to offer in their farm system and they have payroll flexibility. They, they have as much payroll flexibility as the Cubs. That's saying a lot because their payroll is so low. They can basically do whatever they want. Um, and, and their revenues are increasing week over week because they're, they're selling tens of thousands more tickets every homestand. So, so uh, they could do whatever they want. I'm not sure. I think they love some of their prospects a little too much. So, I would suggest, uh, man, for different reasons, it's really close. Uh, if the Cubs decide to buy, I th- if the Cubs decide to buy, I think you're going to see incremental pieces. If they're both buying, the Reds will make the bigger move only because it'll be like a, a starting pitcher. The Cubs will, the Cubs rightfully so will be going after bullpen help, and it's not going to look on its face like a splashy move, but it'll be very helpful. And and maybe a third base piece. I mean, Jamer Candelario might be the top guy out there that would look anything close to a splash. If, if the Blue Jays don't trade Matt Chapman, who's going to be a free agent. Right. And, and, then, and then there's a whole equation involved in that because you're going to have to pay a super high price for him. And if you do that, you're doing it with the thought that you're going to try to extend him. I would think just about anybody that trades for him is going to try to extend him. So, that's a double cost on him, but also just a thought process that's a lot, a lot more involved in Jamer Candelario. You can sign Jamer, you can trade for Jamer Candelario, possibly re-sign him. I mean, this is his original organization. You probably re-sign him uh, for something, you know, relatively modest, something certainly doable uh, for for a team like the Cubs that that still allows you to go out and think big in other areas. Gordon, have a great rest of your day. Next week, we will know a lot more. It'll be the All-Star break, and we'll evaluate all the teams in the division as well as the wild card race. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. All right. We'll see you in town when the Reds come in to get a beating from my Cubs. (laughs) Oh, God, man. You just keep dreaming, Cap. You you just stay in that little own uh, personal fantasy world of yours. Have a great day, man. All right. You too. All right, that's my guy, Gordon Wittenmeyer. We do the Cubs Recap Podcast every week, plus anytime there is breaking news. And don't forget, you can get it right here on our YouTube channel. Please click the subscribe button, and you can get audio only anywhere you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. For Gordon, 
I'm Cap. Take that. <laughs>